Hey guys, it's <laughs> Billy Humphrey. Corey Russell. And this is Gripped, Awakening the Grown in a Generation for Revival and the Return of the Lord. We are on episode nine of season four. Ooh. This season, I, this, you know, I say this every season, <laughs> but I'm like, this is my favorite one. Uh, but man, every time yes. the Lord meets us in such profound ways. And I mean, there's been a couple of times this season where I just got encountered and I mean, try to even get myself back together. But the Lord's been meeting us. We pray that this season has been powerful for you. And what we want to talk about now, because last episode we talked about watchman communities, Yes, how he's going to raise those up. Isaiah 62 makes it super clear. What's interesting is Isaiah 42 describes how there'll be songs. Yes. So there's an intercessory reality, and then there's a worship reality. Yes. And what we understand is those realities, they go together. Yes. Singing watchmen. Singing watchmen, and that covers the nations. Jesus. It's all over the earth that that's going to take place. And the way, that, the way that I see that is it is stage one of the rebuilding of the tabernacle of David. Yes. Yes. And stage two is the finality yes. when Jesus is dwelling in the midst of Jerusalem. So the first stage is the spirit of it across the nations. Yes. And then the next stage is the fullness of it. Amos 9, 10 and 11, he says, I will raise up the tabernacle yes. of David. I will restore it as in the former days. Ooh. And people try to make that about just, oh, it'll be like David's reign again, but through Jesus. But no, 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 restoring the tabernacle as in the former days yes. is talking about the worship environment. Yes. Jesus is coming back to rule and reign in Jerusalem on Zion's Hill, and he's going to do it in a worship environment, a rebuilt tabernacle of David or a temple, however you want to describe it. Isaiah 16, 5, Isaiah said this, he goes, in mercy, a throne will be established. In the tabernacle of David. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's when Jesus returns and rules, he's going to reign as a priest king on the throne. Zechariah 9 makes that really, yes. really clear. I'm throwing a bunch of passages at you, but the point Zechariah is... Zechariah 6. Zechariah 6. Yeah. Anyway, the point is, this is a reality that's getting ready to cover the earth, and we see it in our days. We're seeing it in more than seed form. We're seeing a prayer movement right. with a worship movement connected, covering the nations. And what, what I'm watching in the way that I, I perceive this is it's the biblical promises coming to pass in this hour. But what it ultimately is going to mean for the church right now is we're in the middle of reformation. That's right. And you got to catch this point. The church is in a wild reformation right now that's transitioning us into what I would say is a tabernacle style of meeting, gathering, and living as the body. Uh, historically, we've gathered around teaching meetings. Yes. And God is transitioning, not that teaching's going away. No, we're going to have more teaching than we've ever had, more preaching than we've ever had. But he's transitioning the center from it being a teaching center to being a house of worship and prayer. And this reformation is, it's lit right now. 
Jesus. It's happening in the earth right now. It's happening in the nations right now. I mean, the, one of the overarching encounters was the phrase the Lord spoke to Mike Bickle in 1982 in Cairo, Egypt. Yes. Lord speaks to him, I will change the understanding yes. and expression of Christianity in the whole earth in one generation. Yes, yes. He understood that the church would function differently and that the lost world would see the church differently. Yes. Yeah, the understanding and the expression. And then part two of that came many months later when the Lord says he's going to raise up 24-7 prayer yes. in the spirit of the tabernacle of That's David. That's right. And those two words began in the early 80s, and here we are, what, 30 years later? Yes, yes. 40 years later, and uh, whatever it is. Like yeah, it's 40, almost 40 years. Yeah, 40 years later, and we are in the middle of it. I, I've been saying it for a while, but I believe that we crossed over it even into a, 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 even this becoming more pronounced in 2020 and beyond For sure. and what God's doing in the earth. I I've been saying it. I believe the days of Sunday only Christianity, they're it's over. over. It's over. It's not going to be over. It's, it's over. over. God is awakening a new paradigm of what spiritual community is about. Communities built around the presence, built around ministry to God, built around agreement with his heart. And we're in the middle of it right now. You know, one of the things that's so dynamic is you, you know, you live in Dallas. I mm -hmm. live here in Atlanta. You're at Upper Room. Yes. I'm at Gate City. Yes. Both of our environments, the, the churches that we're a part of, they're oriented around, you know, extended times of worship-led prayer meetings. That's right. That's right. That's what the church is ultimately oriented around. It's not oriented around our Sunday meeting. Do we have Sunday meetings? Absolutely. Absolutely. Do we have children's and youth? Yes, absolutely. Outreaches? Yes. Discipleship? Yes. All sorts of different environments come out of what our church families yes. do. But the centerpiece of what we are as a spiritual family is we are being built together as a dwelling place for God. So the center place, centerpiece is we live before the Lord in continual worship and prayer. Jesus at the center being esteemed, his glory in the midst. And here's the point. God is changing this understanding and the expression of Christianity by raising up the tabernacle of yes. David. And this is what hit me. Cause this, when I think about where I am right now in leadership and what the Lord's done to us in our ministry, I really feel it's not something I strategized or I visioned and mm -hmm. we worked it all out. It's something God did to us. I was a youth pastor in a mega church for 13 years. I, I helped see that church grow from six people to 3,500 in 13 years, I saw every facet of local church ministry. Wow. Our youth ministry was 350 young people. Our youth ministry was bigger than 90% of the churches in the nation. And I was the other person that would fill the pulpit, you know, when the pastors were out of town, uh, the, you know, the pastor and his wife, when they were out of town, I would be the one that would kind of fill the pulpit um, a, a handful of times a year. So I got to see this thing from six people all the way up. I learned every facet of local Western church, mega church. God takes me from that, completely rocks my world, shifts me, and puts me into house of prayer. I spend a year in Kansas City, and then I build a house of prayer mission base for the next 13 years. Yeah. What God does to me three years ago is, through a whole series of prophetic encounters, He takes our house of prayer 
and merges us with our best friends in ministry in a local church. And we end up with night and day worship and prayer at the center of the local church. And I had to step back after the last three years and just say, Lord, what have you done to me? And I realized this, it was never about, is it local church? Is it house of prayer? Is it a mission base? Is it the church? It was always, this is the church and I'm bringing a reformation in these days. And what God has done is he has merged these ideas, these identities of ministry, house of prayer, local church. He's merged them into one so that our church family here in Atlanta we function after the model of the tabernacle. It's wild. We function with night and day worship and prayer at the center with all sorts of outreach, family ministry, all sorts of normal things that you think of that church does, but we're stewarding the presence of God night and day at the center. At Upper Room, it's the exact same thing. Absolutely. When they planted, when Michael Miller... I mean, Miller, we love you, dude. I mean, he's our bro. (laughs) But I remember asking him, I said, dude, how did you get this? He goes, look, man, I'm a Church of Christ kid. He goes, we didn't even have instruments, you know, growing up in church. He goes, but I got got touched with a hunger for the presence of God. And I started hanging around these guys that were worshiping. And it, it moved my heart so deeply that when we planted Upper Room, I knew I wanted that as the center of what we My were. Goodness. And so three worship sets a day for what, seven years? Ten, yeah, 10. 10 years without even like a sign barely. Yeah. I mean, it was like no one knew where this place was. And now, I mean, everybody around the earth knows about Upper Room because of the worship, but the context is the critical point. That's right. The Upper Room worship comes out of a church that is a tabernacle format. It's based after the Tabernacle of David, Worship and prayer at the center, presence at the center. And I believe this. I believe we're standing in the middle of a reformation and there's pastors and leaders and you're listening to us right now and you've been trying to figure out how do we get this presence thing, prayer thing, worship thing more in the middle. And here's what's happening. God is changing the expression of Christianity by changing the form by which we exist. And instead of us gathering around a teaching on a weekend, we're now gathering around the glory of God night and day. That shift that God's bringing to the church is going to change so much as it relates relates to our evangelism, our discipleship, and revival in our cities. I believe as God repossesses the heart of the church with his presence and glory in the midst— He's going to start possessing our cities, our counties, the broader areas. He's going to release revival. I believe this is the the apostolic wineskin that's yes. going to be able to handle where we're going in the coming days. I believe it's going to be communities built around the presence of understanding our priestly identity mm. and that the kingdom, I love that, the throne is in the tabernacle yes. of David, yes. Isaiah 16. He'll put his throne in the tabernacle of David. And what he's doing, he's merging together our longing to bring impact through the place of ministry to God and ministry with God yes, in intercession. Yes, yes. We are in the middle of this shift and that's what we're seeing take place in the earth. I remember for me, it was 2016. I spent the whole year 
in Jesus as shepherd. Mm. It was Psalm 23 encounter that marked me for 2016. And then 2017, it was Jesus, the intercessor. Yes. And the Lord says, I'm merging together that I'm not only the intercessor, but I'm the shepherd. Yeah. And he's merging those two realities together. And I, we're, we're in the middle of it, but this is going to be able to navigate the coming glory, the coming crisis, what we do with the new converts that come in, we get them before him. We, we don't just yes. give them a set of tools. We teach them about beholding God. Mm. And that transformation comes by looking at him, yes. not by being better people or trying to work a little harder in your stuff. We get our people, we get our families in the room. Yes. We get our children in the room. In the same way the Lord opened the ears of Samuel at an early age, yes. we believe this is what's going to change everything. This is going to be able to navigate coming crisis as everything is shaken around us, there's going to be those that are built around gathering together. For sure. So one of the things that really moved me um, in recent days was uh, Samuel Whitfield's book. Yes. Discipleship begins with beholding. Yes. And Samuel lays out and puts language to stuff that I think has been churning in so many of our hearts yes. for years. But he, what he does, I think is so powerful. There's so many things in that book that you, ha you really need to get the book. Discipleship begins I'm with beholding. I'm taking my students through it right now. Yeah. My family's reading it. We've yes. been handing it out to all of our leaders here. But here's the thing. What he actually lays out in the book is so powerful. It's that Paul, when Paul is expressing the New Testament church, yes. Paul's ideas behind what church was it was all built on the emblem of the temple and the temple was simply built on Moses and David's tabernacle in one facility. That's right. So when Paul is saying church, he has in his mind this concept of temple and temple was continuous worship and prayer. It was people gathered around the presence, around the glory. And so when Paul is writing to the Ephesians, when he's writing to the Corinthians, when he's writing throughout the New Testament, he's using, uh, like Thessalonians, he's using this language that's temple-centric. And what I mean by that is this, he's, he's giving a vision of what their gatherings could be as people gathered together around the glory, just like what the Jews were in the temple and in the tabernacle. Yes. So he says things like in Ephesians, he says, you are being built together as a dwelling, dwelling place, place, a holy temple of the Lord, a dwelling place for God in the spirit. Now, you just got to get into Paul's mind a little bit. What he's envisioning is the glory of God dwelling in the temple. Now that reality is transferred to the church. When he says things like to the Thessalonians, pray without ceasing. Yes. That's not you and I are supposed to just have our prayer lives. Like we can't ever do anything else. We just got to pray all the time. Like, yes, there is an abiding reality that we're called to yes. live in this way. He's literally saying it to the church. You, church, pray, pray without, ceasing. without ceasing. He's telling them practice like what was practiced in the tabernacle. There are six churches in the New Testament, Colossians, Ephesians, Antioch, Jerusalem, where we see this language that's used. He says stuff like, continue earnestly in prayer with an attitude of thanksgiving. Now that continue earnestly 
has a ceaseless component to it. The idea is ceaselessly continue in prayer. And what Paul continues to invite the church to is tabernacle. He continues to invite them to temple, that they would live together as a people dwelling with God in the midst, stewarding the presence of God, ministering to the presence of God, just like what was in the tabernacle of David and like what was in Solomon's temple. Our challenge is this. When we have thought of church in the West and and really local church in so many of its expressions, it hasn't looked like tabernacle. It's looked like something else, actually. Most of us don't get this. It's actually looked like the synagogue system. And we don't realize that the synagogue system that was a part of Judaism and is still a part of Judaism, it was never mandated by God. It was something that came out of Babylonian captivity. They needed environments to be able to teach the word of God. So they created these little uh, buildings in these meeting places next to their homesteads and their tenements when they were in Babylonian captivity where they could walk to it on a Sabbath day, not, not very far, and they would talk about the law. Later, they would add some prayer. Later, they would add a a song, but it was really about a teaching environment for the word. Well, when they come out of Babylonian captivity, guess what they keep? Synagogues. When When the Jerusalem temple gets destroyed in 70 AD, guess what they keep? Synagogues. Wow. Synagogues maintain the normal teaching environment for Judaism, and it's how Judaism ended up continuing all these years even though they've been in a diaspora, they've been spread yes. to the nations. They still had these teaching environments that kept the law, kept the traditions, yes. kept the feasts. It's been powerful, but here's what happens. 321, Constantine, he gets saved. He Christianizes Rome. He sets up all this legislation, uh, legislation around Christianity as the religion. And he borrows, not from the tabernacle environment, not from the teachings of Paul, he borrows from the synagogue system. Instead of it being Saturday and Tuesday as the holy days, he goes, you know what we'll do? We'll do Sunday and we'll do Wednesday. And to this day, our Sunday and Wednesday gatherings are based off of synagogue and not tabernacle. And I'm telling you, there is a shift coming in the earth. The watchmen that are going to be set on the walls, they will be in tabernacle environments. They'll be in churches that are putting the presence at the center, that are gathered around worship and prayer at the center. Teaching will be exploding. Discipleship exploding. Evangelism exploding. The tabernacle of David, the the revelation that came out of that place is unsurpassed, I think, in human history. Because the glory that was in the midst, the spirit of revelation, David is our probably our greatest Old Testament theologian. Exactly right. And it came out of a presence-centered environment. And so this, I believe, the church is finally gonna step into her identity in temple and in tabernacle. And that thing that Paul said in 2 Corinthians 3. She's going to set step into this transformational reality. He says, we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, talking about together, yes. are transformed into the same image from glory to glory. This is our portion. Corporate beholding. Yes. Corporate beholding. This is where we're going. I can feel the zeal of the Lord. Yes. Yes. How disruptive is this going to be? 
I mean, like, what do you, it's happening right now. It's happening. Yeah. I mean, God is raising up those shepherds. Absolutely. That are saying, God, this is what you're doing. We're going to do everything we can to move in this way. And I don't think it's any shade on teaching environments. Absolutely not. But here's something that's just a product of the day we live in. Guess what? Right now you can get online. You can get the best teaching from the best teachers in the world in 30 seconds. Yes. Showing up to a building to hear another teaching. Well, guess what? We had to stop doing that during 2020 because of COVID and half the church didn't even come back. Wow. Because guess what? They can stream it later. They can listen to whoever they want to online. And so having a teaching in a building at this moment, it is not what is attracting people, but you get the glory of God in the midst of the people of God again. When the glory is in the midst, demons leave. When the glory is in the midst, healing happens. Cancers dissolve. AIDS is destroyed. When the glory of God is in the midst of the people of God again, you will not be able to keep people out of the church. And the way that we get the glory in the midst is by we exalt the glorious one at the center. We exalt Jesus Christ in all his beauty, in all his majesty. And we come into oneness around the person and the presence of Jesus. And the easiest way for us to come into oneness together around Jesus is if we all sing to him. Uh. If we all sing the same words to beautiful Jesus in our midst, there's a, there's a note of unity that we hit that you can almost hit no other way. It's that corporate beholding, that corporate adoration. And in that place, that's when the glory is in the midst. And I'm telling you, that's why there's a touch on the worship movement. But let me be clear, you can't get this watching it on YouTube. This is about being together in the place around the glory with one another. Pray for us, Billy. Lord, I know you're bringing a reformation, a transformation to the earth. I know I just unpacked a whole bunch of stuff that's maybe new thoughts. I'm asking for pastors and leaders right now. Right now, lift any kind of sense of shame. That was not my intention. Right now, encourage hearts that these things that have been on the inside, pastors and leaders desiring to step into a presence-centered, a prayer-centered reality. I want to encourage you. This is possible. It's what God is doing. It's the Watchman communities. It's the first phase of Jesus rebuilding the tabernacle again. He's going to put glory in the midst of the church again. God, I pray, grant courage to shepherds, to build around the presence. And Jesus, I ask, repossess your church once again. And Lord, those whose hearts are longing for presence, longing to intercede, longing to take their place as watchmen, set them on the wall in watchman communities, in tabernacle churches. Do it in this hour, we ask, Lord, in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. Hey everyone, 
Thank you so much for listening to Gripped. We hope this episode ministered to your heart. If so, feel free to subscribe and leave us a good rating. You can find previous episodes on Spotify, Apple, Google, and Amazon Podcasts. You can watch this episode and more on our YouTube channel, Gripped Podcast, and follow us on Instagram at The Gripped Podcast. To stay connected with Corey's ministry, you can find out more at www.coryrussell.org. To stay connected with Billy's ministry, you can find out more at www.billyhumphrey.com. Bless you guys. Thank you.